Greetings, Standard Nerds. This is Christopher McClanahan of DeeplyDapper.com. And Tom Caramonte, Third Rail Design Lab. And it's time, it's time to... to... <laughs> Release the... Kraken! Hey there, everyone. At some point during our recording last night, our program we were using to record the show skipped out on us, and we lost about the first 45 minutes of our episode. Uh, so instead of re-recording our shipyard segment and a little bit of news stuff that we were talking about, we decided to dive directly into the San Diego Comic-Con news and record that as our take two. So there's a few references here to the Lost Files. That's what we're talking about. I hope you enjoy it all the same. If it helps, uh, we're both working on art. We both had a long week. And that's about all you missed out on. But we said it in about 45 minutes. So I'm sure it was super entertaining. But it's lost to the depths now. <laughs> Am I the one who's supposed to be saying it or you? Oh, I don't know. It had, a, it had a K next to it. So that's all I was paying attention to, actually. How you doing, Chris? I'm all right. How are you doing? What have you been doing tonight? I've been talking to you with a recording that didn't record, apparently. <laughs> the internet gods are against us this week, Tom. Actually, possibly many gods are against us this week. It's been a tough week, but you know, so by the time uh, our 333,000 listeners listen to this sweet, sweet podcast recording, either you will have inserted fresh news items <laughs> or you won't have and we're going to go right into the main event yeah before we do so there may or may not be something interesting happening here and then so uh sucking the monkey sucking the monkey in a hard time in a minute that i cannot handle i'm we drinking 15 minutes of you telling me about your terrible drink yeah we did <laughs> and honestly that probably wasn't necessary because <laughs> i'm drinking a mikhail's hard orange and cream alcoholic beverage premium alcoholic beverage that does not taste that premium particularly as it's starting to warm up now because <laughs> we had previously recorded some things and then the computer was like nah, nah. um it's all right i it's not worth i think this cost me like two bucks not worth what, about, what have i told you i've told you so many times don't trust a liquor that has <clears throat> in the name of the <clears throat> come on I like I like things with mmms. Yeah. Well, okay. So I'm I'm uh, I'm crossing the streams, so to speak. Yes. And I'm drinking uh, from a sweet limited edition Kraken spiced rum glass with a black tentacle wrapping around it. Limited edition, super cool. I've talked about it before, but I'm drinking bullet rye out of it because that's just the way it was tonight. It's the way you roll. It is tonight. So, anyway, so. Maybe maybe we will or won't talk about some other interesting things. And then, main event, San Diego <laughs> Comic-Con. Begin auto-destruct sequence, authorization Picard 47 Alpha Tango. Where yes. we didn't go. And no. we have lots of hot news to talk about because no one else has any opinions on this stuff. And so Correct. we must fill in the void. It's amazing. There's there's literally no information out there about this Comic Con except for at robot-kraken.com and this That's podcast. Right. That's right. So <laughs> interesting. Uh, a lot of the post mortem on the con is all about who won. Was it DC or Marvel? Who won? Who won the con? 
And what I find interesting about that is that it's a question, given that DC pushed all of the content that they showed mm-hmm. directly to the web so that everybody could see it. So right. very, very few things were exclusives to the con, whereas Marvel did what they generally do, which is that they showed exclusive content and then you read about what people saw, but you don't right. see it. Right. So you can't really yet, make a, an accurate judgment of that at all. And we'll go into this, but from what I heard, the roaring of the crowd on some of the things that happened in the Marvel uh in the Marvel panels when there was really nothing to see. Oh, really? <laughs> reacting to information was deafening. And I think that's exciting too, hmm. but I don't, but you know what? We're equal opportunity standard nerds and we want all that stuff to succeed. So we do. Um, so we have a lot of little tidbits to talk about. Um, what would you like to talk about first? Um, let's, let's talk about Marvel first. Marvel first. Yeah. So, because I'm a Marvel zombie and I've sure. always loved Marvel stuff and I think it's weird that like Marvel is doing things so well that I've started to become less excited about what they're doing. And you just trust it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's really yeah. odd. Among our 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 friendship circles there are some vocal uh um you know people in opposition to some of these uh franchises such as thor and again dr strange Mm -hmm. um but i have to say you know even that just what do you think you're doing dave thought that they were well done so you know i do go into these things like well i just assume it's going to be good and to be honest i go into the dc stuff unless it was nolan I went into DC stuff with the assumption that it's probably going to be a garbage fire, but I might like it anyway. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Uh, but it's an interesting year because, you know, when I think about what I'm excited about, the first half of the year it was Civil War and BBS, mostly Civil War, mm-hmm. and now it's Suicide Squad. So, yeah. you know, yeah. there's a lot of DC representation in my in my forebrain. Um, but anyway, Marvel panels. So let's talk about the Netflix stuff first, because to me, that was some of the most, that was um, a highlight for me, honestly, for Marvel. Really? It was really what I was most interested in. So they showed the first Luke Cage trailer. They'd shown some promo stuff before, but this was like the first, it wasn't a trailer. It was like the, it was a trailer, but it was like footage. Just a scene basically. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was so good. A lot of criticisms I read were like, you know, great, another Netflix show shot in a hallway with two light bulbs. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what I love about how grounded the Netflix uh, Hell's Kitchen, or in this case Harlem stuff, is, is that it has this pers- this sense of real world physics and and that it's that you're watching a Law and Order or something that is just veering into the into the fantasy realm. Like it has this 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 vivid realism in it right and so what i love about him walking through so he takes a door off a car and, and walks into some tenement building or whatever he's doing and he's using the door to 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 block gunfire and stuff but you get the sense that he's doing it just to save his clothes right right <laughs> right yeah absolutely he, he gets up to a guy and he, and he like and he like bends the door around him you know it's like a <laughs> kind of a, a like a play on the trope of bending the guns or something right like and then what I love the most that he does is he's like picking people up and he's pushing them through walls. Yeah. Or he's like the, my favorite one is he takes the guy and he rams him up against the just ceiling. Just one handed, just throws yeah. him up into it. Yeah. That sense of sense of mass of those things hitting is great. So, yeah. Yeah. Dope. yeah that and one, that may have been my Marvel highlight, honestly. 
it looks so good. It really does. Uh, I want to look up the name of the. Uh, I'm going to look up the name of the actor that I really like that's in this. That um, I don't know why I temporarily forgotten that he was going to be the the main, uh, probably the main villain. Um, Is that the uh, one that oh they God. show him talking to? Yeah, Art Mahershala Ali. He's uh, playing Cornell Stokes. He he's one of my favorite guys on House of Cards. He was oh, just okay. a completely mesmerizing actor. Hmm. Um, and he, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got that snake eyed gaze and he's really got this urgency to the way he's, yeah. he's very still and he's, he's ripped and everything. I just, he looks so cool. So, I mean, that's going to be dope. I loved him as the bad guy. So yeah. I'm very excited about that. What about you? I uh, just, everything about it. Friggin' Mike Coulter, man. He's, so charming and he's so perfectly cast for this that i just i can't not be excited about this this series when he was cast in jessica jones did you have that initial reaction that like oh he's not the giant like massive you know he's always it was a little bit of that and a little bit of I don't know how Luke Cage is going to work in the modern world of right. Marvel. I he's such a like larger than life, colorful chains and shirt down to the navel kind of guy that he never seemed like he would fit. But the the the, the Jessica Jones stuff in the more recent Marvel comics was very grounded. Everything with him in it, and I I thought it was pretty good casting. But it wasn't until I saw him actually acting that I was yeah. sold. I agree. And it's his eyes, right? Yeah. He's a handsome dude, but you're Yeah. My initial reaction was the mass wasn't there. But then when you actually see him walking around, he is, he is a real world big guy. It's like we were talking about Game of Thrones and I didn't realize that Gregane was six something. Right. Because he didn't seem as massive as the mountain to me. And yet when you look at him in comparison to the people, you actually pay attention. No, that is a really big guy. Right. (laughs) That's what Mike Golder's like. Um, and yeah, he he does. He is a great fit for the style for Luke Cage that we've had over the last ten years. Yeah, very frequently, except for Thunderbolts, which was just like totally out of character. <laughs> right. For the most part, it's been and there's no costume. I'm just in a shirt, and I'm mostly worried about keeping my my marriage together and my baby alive. And I'll begrudgingly go and pound on some dudes. Right. You know, that's that version of him almost resigned to having to deal with these things because he's invulnerable, but also doesn't have the fire in his belly unless he's having to avenge someone. Right. He doesn't have the fire in his belly for combat. That style of character for that character, this is just him to a T. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. When they talk about bringing Luke Cage to the screen and you immediately think of the seventies, um, you know, cultural appropriations that they were doing in that character. Sweet. It is not fun. Yeah. It's not fun. (laughs) It's not fun to imagine if it's not like you can imagine Tarantino doing it and even going to be questionable. Right. Right. So yeah. Anyway, I like what they're doing. I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. So then we had what? Uh, Iron Fist, right? Yeah. I'm not as woo about Iron Fist, but I've never really cared for the character one way or the other. So less woos from you. Less woo. More shaggy. It. I mean, it looks pretty good. I, it. The the teaser for it is just a teaser. There's virtually nothing actually shown except shaggy hippie Iron Fist and him as a little kid, basically. But I like that they. I, okay, so to their credit, um, I've never really liked the look of this actor. Like on Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. it irritated me. Um, except for when he was shaggy and near death. <laughs> yeah, true. But uh, it, 
it was good to me that they pulled him out of just being white Bruce Lee. Right. As much as I love him in the track suit in the current comics and I love drawing it, I think white guy as Bruce Lee is annoying. Mm -hmm. And I like that they're taking it a slightly different direction. I like that he's disheveled and walking like a streetwalker guy in the beginning. I like that he seems to be in and out of a mental hospital and having some serious problems. He's got his his, uh, his earbuds on. Right. (laughs) Something's up with him. And uh, that all makes me more interested in it than I thought it would be. You know, my, my honestly, I think one of the things that I have the biggest problem with with it is that it and Doctor Strange on its surface has a very yeah. similar plot arc to the origin. Yes, you're right. It seems like it. And they have a lot of imagery that's very similar. You're mm-hmm. right. Well, maybe this is the, maybe this is the embarrassment of riches that we're going to have an interesting – story type being told on Netflix and in the film and we get to compare them. Right. Right. And I think they come out fairly close together time wise. Yeah. yeah. I think Dr. Strange will beat it, but yeah, not too yeah. far. Off. Yeah. So then they also did the uh, teaser for defenders, right? Yeah. Which was nothing. I mean, yeah. it's just logos, but people are excited because it was like team team up thing. Yeah. I am the least interested in the defenders concept. I am too. Absolutely. I want all the, it's just like I felt about Avengers to be honest with you. I'm the comic nerd, but man, I like the solo films. Yeah. When they all get together, it's it's just it, it takes you out of like, well, this is an interesting movie and it takes you back to this is a live action version of a comic book. Right. The group shits. I, I think it's unnecessary. I hope they can pull it off. But I was more excited about finding out that they'd announced season three of Daredevil. Yes. Yes, me too. I mean, yeah. I was hoping they would. But yeah. It's nice that they actually did do it and then officially, you know, announce it. But. You know, there's a lot of ways you could do a team. Defenders was always a weird team to begin with. Yes. But, you know, what's been successful in the films and in the shows is where characters are crossing over into the into these solo stories as supporting characters or as plot points. But it's still, you know, so like it's Daredevil, but then it has Punisher in it. Right. Or it's Jessica Jones, but Luke Cage is in it. Or it's Captain America and it's got all the Avengers in it, right? Like that works when it's the Avengers gathering together, money (laughs) shots, splash page, generic aliens, not as good. So maybe defenders will be them not just standing around as a group, but maybe it will be them, a network of them working together, but separately. Yeah. And see, and I'd be totally okay with that because the aspect of them working all together right off the bat means that they have to come up with some sort of overarching, villain that's strong enough to challenge all of them and that's where things start to go off the rails with the marvel movies is when they're like oh we can't handle that so we're going to give them seven thousand ultron robots and yeah i just i hope they for the the netflix character it really is yeah jessica jones would never go okay let's stand back to back and punch things right she might have sex with luke cage but but you know (laughs) she did i mean she did have a couple of scenes right in jessica jones where she was fighting people alongside of him right but that felt very personal yeah yeah absolutely i don't see her beating hand ninjas in a group setting nah i although could be good (laughs) (laughs) anyway so that was really fun i was excited about all that stuff yeah netflix can can do no wrong yes that's correct from what we've seen uh marvel wise you know they they showed the spider-man stuff i didn't really pay any attention to it really yeah well i mean it was just a description 
and they didn't confirm or deny anything that I'm genuinely interested in finding out about the movie. Well, I found a couple of interesting points in it. One, what, Tom? What? They, they brought some cast. Yeah. I'm going to surprise you and tell you what I think. So they brought a lot of the cast up on stage. They didn't bring um, surprise. You know, they didn't confirm and, uh, you know, reveal Keaton, McKeaton or anything. Right. But they did bring his his high school cast. And to me, there was a that was uh, thematically on point because mm-hmm. everything I read about it is that they're putting a lot of work into making his his juggling this the. the Spider-Man world and his teenage high school experience a, a central plot point. Right, and which I'm totally okay modern, with, yeah. Yeah, and in a, in a modern era, so that there's a, you know, what was described was that it was very John Hughes and very quirky, mm-hmm. and then the Spider-Man stuff was rad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the fact that they would show his all his classmates on stage um, was, to me, it was a deliberate thing. Mm-hmm. What's the important? What's important about this movie? It's his experience. It's his social dynamics. It's his experience as a teenager. Yeah, right? yeah. So I thought that was. Cool. I'm really mixed on the concept art for the vulture. I mean, yeah, it looks. I I don't like it at all. <laughs> I mean, I like it better than those weird field shots of the guy with the the paunchy Spider-Man suit on. <laughs> I agree with that. For a while, <laughs> I'm really not sold on the guy they have uh, cast as Flash Thompson either. Oh really? Yeah, he's uh, his name is Tony Revolori, mm. and he's he's kind of scrawny looking. He, I mean, he looks kind of he looks a little bit like a douchebag, but he's he's scrawny, and I think he was the bellhop in Grand Budapest or something, maybe. Ah uh, yes, uh, but, you know. But so the thing about that, what could be interesting, is that there's a lot of other kinds of bullying than physical. There are classic trope of the football player. But so Flash has always been that classic trope. That's that's true. But well, yeah, I'm still excited about it. I mean, there there's a kid named Jonah Bowling cast as unhappy teen. So there's so unhappy it. teens in it. So <laughs> <laughs> I like the thing that they talked about that he was staring at Zendaya's character and he's like, "Oh God, I'm staring too long. I got to stop." Or whatever. Right. Very sounds very realistic, and I I love the hell out of Tom Holland. I think he's a great actor, and, and that's what they need to do for him is give him realistic teen stuff to do. Right? Yes, yes. That's what made him in Civil War so believable. Mm-hmm. Right? He owned all that stuff because he just seemed like a really like a smart, interesting, but but really random teenager. Right, right. And and we'll get back to that when we talk about Justice League, right? <laughs> because to me. Is a direct. There's a direct point there. One of the one main things I liked about Justice League stuff was that. But anyway, so <laughs> yeah, so Vulture. Okay, I mean they're, they're doing a tech based sort of focus here, and it's not incredibly different than some of the stuff that you saw in the stingers for Amazing Spider-Man Two, where you saw all the Secret Six stuff that Lex right. the Oscorp had. But you know, it seems like it's a thruster based backpack rig with like weird blades on it and then he's got cargo pants he on and just looks so like, much like he's just wearing the green goblins thing on his back i agree and and then he's got and then to me the biggest artifice and i don't know if this is worse or better than an old man in a vulture costume <laughs> is i'm trying to understand how anyone would cut would would choose to design it's like the terminator thing right right i would skynet choose to design some of the shit that he that they had except for 
Terminator 3 when they showed humans designing them and then you imagine Skynet just sort of right, evolves. Right, just them. taking them but, over and yeah. What industrial designer sitting there saying, so what we need are cyber talons that are boots, you know? Like, <laughs> right. And so my secret hope, not so secret because I reveal it to you now, is that Vulture is not really the bad guy in this movie. Mm-hmm. That this is a henchman or a decoy or something and that not in the, you know, throw five villains at it and, and muddy the story way. Right. But I'm hoping that that's a misdirection. Well, they have um, supposedly confirmed that the Tinkerer is going to be in it. Which is thrilling. <laughs> Which, yeah, I, I like that kind of villain in things. I mm-hmm. I love the little throwaway little villains that don't feel like they should be able to carry a movie. Put two yeah. or three of those in it. Don't have them work together. Just have it be three separate threads. And I'll be extremely happy. Right. Well, that's what I that's what I said when we were talking about. Uh, I think it was. I mean, way back when they were even talking about what Spider Man Two was going to be, and they had Rhino and then the, sh- right. and the Electro and whoever else. And I remember thinking, after that came out, you know, how could they make a Secret Six movie interesting? It's going to be so boring. And then I remember thinking, well, but you can have a series of bad guys seemingly separate events but they're all paid for by the same guy or they are decoys or they are uh misdirecting him away from something else that's happening or they're working to undermine him which is a classic classic trope from daredevil comics right like someone is hiring a bunch of people to ruin his life they're all separate stories and then they're all linked together at the end and it's someone's plot to drive him crazy right yeah common thread in daredevil stories right? <laughs> so i could i can handle a, a large cast of villains if it's like that what i don't want is them all standing around being like <laughs> you know right we need him you know something like that so anyway so spider-man and then uh what about uh so then we got some guardians of the galaxy 2 stuff yeah a little bit of casting news mostly there i guess they showed an outfit but it was just generic outfit continuing this recent trend of drab character design right. that i don't understand however i think he's right that uh uh, Kurt Russell. uh Quil, Peter Quill Quill mm-hmm. Quill, Quill yeah his, his 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 daddy being a a Stark king uh <laughs> is is really dumb in the comics and that it, what the hell let's go big and make his daddy ego the living planet was a pretty inspired choice I'm totally okay <laughs> with that yeah yeah he's he, he totally pulls a Zeus and goes down to earth and breeds right. with an earth woman I think that's hilarious, and I and I just think it's so audacious. And he was being asked, "Hey, are you going to use Ego the Living Planet at one point?" And he's like, "Definitely." And you know, oh, and then he does. Right? Yeah. So, so assuming that that's all true, and and, they, and it's not just a big red herring, but but uh, the guys on uh, Weekly Planet suggested that what if it's like the Wizard of Oz, like he's inside this giant planet-shaped ship, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> right? The, you know, Ego the Living Planet. That would be interesting. This, Han Solo type dude. Hmm. But, uh, you know, frankly, if it's just ego, I'm happy with that too. Yeah, me too. Honestly, I'd be down so, with either yeah. of those options, actually. I, I'm surprisingly totally okay with that. Super random. Everything else that they showed about or that they talked about with Guardians of the Galaxy just seemed like more of what we had heard was going to happen. And yeah. Some more imagery and some video clips of them in action. And I think something about Yondu getting his, getting, is or, or someone like to get his little arrow back. Huh? Yeah, doesn't he have his fin now? 
Oh, I don't know. Maybe which yeah. is pretty sweet. Yeah, I, if right. I remember right, I think I saw a picture of Michael Rooker with his fin. I think you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because in the first movie, it was really weird and choppy. It looked like when Hellboy has chopped his horns off. Right, right. right. And, and maybe that's what it was. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, I just know I'm going to love the movie. So it almost doesn't even matter. Right. Uh, and then, uh, okay. And so to me, okay, so Doctor Strange. We mm-hmm. had another Doctor Strange trailer, which actually they, reveal, they released to the public. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a more solid, it's a good trailer. And it's a it is. Good, more thorough world snapshot than we got the last time and i still don't understand why mordrow and mads mickelson's generic bad guy have such drab looks right unless they will maybe they will change in the course of the movie i don't know but yeah, when you're know. talking about fantastic magic why aren't they more kirby-esque you know? yeah that's exactly my question I guess. yeah but uh everything else i mean i don't know i don't have the hatred i don't have this disappointment that it's inceptiony at all i think it looks great you know and i I can see the complaint with it. I understand that, but there's really not any other way of doing that type of story these days. So I'm okay with it. But, you know, I th- I feel like any urban urban setting, uh, you know, sort of multiversal or, you know, reality is not what you think. Those kinds of effects are naturally going to feel derivative after Inception. And it was just right. so successful in what it did. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm really I'm hoping that it's not as big a part as they're making it look like in the trailer too, because Marvel isn't usually about spectacle, 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 spectacle. There's a lot more character and like emotional parts in it, and that trailer that they just showed in particular is like three quarters worlds swirling around in circles, and I'm. I'm hoping that once the movie comes out, it's going to be a little more balanced and it won't bother people as much. Yeah, I think so too. And also, um, you know, there's a lot about, there's a lot built into the character of Dr. Strange. That's about, he sees things that everyone else don't. He's in three dimensions at once. He's, he's an evolved brain that is, you know, on the astral plane and all that stuff is very abstract. Even drug fueled Kirby stuff or whatever didn't, didn't i mean you know you kind of got it but right still really sort of implied that he was that far out right so you know i just unplugged myself uh, i'm back baby the uh you know the idea that the that the fracturing of his reality uh would manifest in things that he's used to seeing Mm -hmm. but then tweaking uh you know, I think that that's a fine approach because my yeah. my original thought when all the Inception comparisons happened was like, what are they supposed to do? Have things like growing and mutating and changing and color shifting and stuff. And it's just going to everyone's going to say it's just an acid trip. Right. So I don't know how you could go in a way that everyone would be happy with it. No, there's really no way of doing what they needed to do without it upsetting somebody. Well, and Furious Cumberbund uh, is really selling it. Like, I really yeah, like him. Yeah, me too. I think he looks amazing as Strange. Less forehead as well. Yeah. Funny shot in the whole trailer was my favorite thing by a mile. The cape. Even more than Mads. Yes, even more than Mads <laughs> punching and making waves of buildings. It's him flipping and the cape just whoop. Yeah. He's got some really strong magnets on that cape. Because it captured. <laughs> that's what I loved about. That's what I have loved about Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is the, the idea that he is so effortlessly 
that his magic is such a part of him mm-hmm. that he can barely, you know, like he doesn't. So I like in the comics, he's always, even when he's sitting, he's floating, you know, like he's like, what? No. Why would he even stand when he could right. float? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or like someone talking to him, he's like, hold on a second. I'm in the past, you know, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, what? The idea that his his cape would just sort of naturally just flitter onto him through through magic as easily as if he had were to, to actually pull it on himself was a great touch. To me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely. I feel judged as we walk as we talk about these things, because I have the image of uh, the lost dog. <laughs> <on my screen>. <laughs> <laughs> Vince Clotho. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm Ghostbusters. I have uh the the clean shaven Carl Urban staring at me, or the the upper half clean shaven Carl Gosh, Urban. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so I think the other big Marvel news. So okay, so wait, we we can't forget Ragnarok. They've all the stuff about that movie sounds like it's going to be fun as hell. Yeah, yeah, it's not anything that's like, oh my god, earth shattering. But everything about it looks like it's going to be a blast. I just feel like when you give the a Hulk movie to a a a producer of of uh, flying concourse, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> right. like it's going to be good. Um, <laughs> uh, I can't having recently seen what we do in the shadows. Uh, it's just, I can't stop thinking about that. Every time I see him right. like, taking a photo with Hemsworth or someone, I just see, I just see his, his vampire <laughs> character, but um, they showed, uh, they showed Hulk's gladiator stuff. So it's very planet Hulk's as we thought. I'm a little bit annoyed that there's a plume on it. It just seems on the nose a bit on the head, but yes but uh i don't care it'll be good i I choose to believe it'll be good um even without natalie portman and kat denning sorry man (laughs) i'll survive i'll survive valkyrie and hella right yeah uh and then what else and so the big money thing for me uh other than the netflix stuff was they finally and this is what i mean about people flipping out with nothing to react to was they brought out Brie Larson and yes. confirmed she was cast as Captain Marvel and she looks like a million bucks in those photos. Yeah. Yeah, and, she looks really good. And just the the fan reaction was just just batshit crazy. And I love it. I love <laughs> that there's that much because you know, uh DC's getting a lot of traction off of the Wonder Woman film and rightly so. Because it looks and that's amazing. a very exciting very exciting character for them. Very exciting casting and I'm really enjoying that pro that project and how female centric it is mm-hmm. in front of behind the camera. But it's really great to see when Marvel's first stab at this, you know, I wanted a black widow movie. Finally, but yeah. dude, uh, a Brie Larson, Captain Marvel finally being confirmed. I mean, that's a lot to look forward to. I agree. Yeah. And although she's not Katie Sackhoff, she'll be all right. No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So just wait for the Instagram photos of her lifting 15 pound weights like Gal got up. <laughs> Look it up. Look at my gums. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to talk about DC? Or, well, while we're talking about Brie Larson, we could we could touch oh, yeah. lightly on Skull Island. Skull Island. There was some interesting stuff in that trailer. It looked really colorful and interesting. Yeah. I did not think I was going to be remotely interested in this. I didn't see the last king kong movie i could care mm-hmm. less but uh wow man. the cast is amazing oh it's so good yeah and set it in the early 70s or late 60s whatever it is and yeah. give it that that kind of the uh vietnam feel yep apocalypse yeah. now thing going on and then some of those images that they flash to like yeah. the guy with the 
guy with the cannon hiding in Triceratops skull. Yeah, <laughs> and the 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 painted native with the spear. Yes. Yeah, I I'm still not sold on the giant King Kong. No. It Although it looks, seems like they're just begging to have him battle. Oh, it's either clearly battle or why they did that. Yeah. Or as I heard in the other podcast that was uh, the week we planned, they said, or you know, battle for ten minutes and then he comes riding on the back of Godzilla into some <laughs> other encounter. Because size wise, I think the new Godzilla is even bigger. Uh, yeah, tail. I think it is, but I, it's hard to tell with the little bit of Kong we see. But it's clear that they made him exclusively so that he could fight Godzilla. There's no other logical reason in having Kong that gigantic. One problem I have is. Uh, it's tough. It's a tough nut. It's successful, but it's a tough nut that they did the thing where there's the green flare mm-hmm. and you see Kong in the background in the poster. And right. this is a direct nod to me to Gareth Edwards Godzilla right. where the guys parachute in and they have the red flares on. And as they pass by, you see they're passing. They're in the sky, but they're passing mid torso. Right. Know? That was the money shot for Godzilla. Right. So. There was, I mean, I know it was a deliberate thing they did, but it still felt a little bit derivative to me. Yeah, I get that. Uh, Hilston looks great. He looks great, and so does. I, I like, I like everything he's doing. Him branching out from Loki and doing all this stuff. It's, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Pre Larson, take she it. She looks really good. Yes, yes, yes. sir. Um, so anyway, I'm going to see that movie, and I didn't think I was going to. Yeah, and honestly, it looks like something I should try and see in 3D. Yeah, maybe so. It looks like Big it could snap. be really fun. The only, the only thing I think it's going to miss is an, something I never saw, but my my pal was obsessed with because it was so absurd. Was uh, did you did you see the movie Congo? Mm-hmm. I, I understand that it's straight out of the books that the that the gorillas have like stone ping pong paddles that they smash people with. Well, I don't remember them being paddles. I remember them just being rocks that they held that they smashed yeah. people's heads, but egg on my face but that was the way it was told to me and i liked it (laughs) (laughs) well and see my problem with kong being this big is it loses like there's no possible way they can bring kong back to new york and have the classic stuff you can't put him on a stage with chains when he's that big yeah you can't even take him off the island when he's that big realistically he can walk to new york Right, right. And so maybe that's going to be intentional, and they'll bring him back, and his rampaging in New York is what brings Godzilla back? Or something, maybe? He's he's rampaging. Yeah, because isn't that why Godzilla showed up in New York in the first place, was those other creatures were cruising around making a mess? You're right. He was actually on man's side after all. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, (laughs) Hey, uh... We totally may or may not have skipped our news segment based on whether you edit one in uh, in this, <laughs> this disaster of a recording. But uh, they also noted something we didn't talk we didn't not talk about <laughs> is that um, Charlie, what's his name? Charlie He has confirmed he's not going to be in Pacific Rim two. Yeah, I, I so can't decide like, if I really care one way or the other with that. Well, it's going to be 12 minutes shorter without all the ab shots. <laughs> yeah, but who did they cast as Idris Elba's son? Doesn't that guy have abs? Uh, does he have abs? I don't I, don't I never saw who his it abs was, in, honestly. In uh, Force Awakens. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah, it is Boyega, huh? Maybe he doesn't yeah. have abs. In fact, I think he has a little bit of a belly. He's got a, he's got big button thighs, man. But, you know, he that, does. that, that, 
that makes for some good running, though. And he ran a lot in uh, Attack the Block, which is still my favorite thing he did. <laughs> which we've never talked about together. You no, we haven't, podcast. actually. We haven't talked about that, and we have three or four uh, movies now in the can that we've both seen that we can talk about in 2018 or One so. One of these days, yeah. Yes, when we have you know some free time. <laughs> uh, so do you want to talk about DC or are there let's, other Let's do DC, sure. Okay. There's really uh, only two things DC-wise that did anything for me. Okay. So which one you want to talk about? Well, I think just, let's let's do Justice League and their little right. woo that they did. Yes. So, wow. That was a lot of work to convince me that it's not going to be dark like Batman mm-hmm. v Superman, which wasn't even Batman v Superman's problem. Right. <laughs> it's lack of lack of reason for the story. <laughs> that said, uh, you know, DC has made a damn good Marvel trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, really, that is a good description of what it is. Yeah, and like, I am down with Flash. I think Aquaman looks pretty damn fantastic. Well, so the premise of that trailer was uh, Batman going around recruiting people for re- recruiting people off of his his little uh, his little PowerPoint presentation on all the right. meta humans around. Yeah, he saw and... that 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 episode of Game of Thrones, and he was like, "Hey, I can get help by going to people and asking." <laughs> and so yeah so this is montage of him asking these different characters and then of course the crowd's wooing because you know oh i know who that is but uh <laughs> what was so strange about it to me well a number of things the tone was lighthearted. they've warned us about that mm-hmm. but also I mean, there's nothing wrong with any of the footage it was totally fine right it's just um it it was bad enough when batman v superman and civil war were, were trading body blows in the theaters in the same season but now had it been Batman showing up in people's living rooms, being like in, coming out of the dark corner by the closet and being mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm Batman, join me. You know, right. that would have been that would have been sort of internally consistent. But instead, it's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of like that, actually. The, the I mean, more Bruce Wayne, honestly, yeah, I'm OK with that. Like, I love him as Batman in the show. The little bit he's Batman and not Batman v Superman. But okay. But I'm down but with that. But it's Bruce Wayne. But see, but what I'm saying is him showing up in people's living rooms, especially the Flash one of all of them, mm-hmm. it was just so Tony Stark in Peter Parker's bedroom. Yeah. Right? Like it's exactly that practically. Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, it is exactly that because he threw a battle ring just like Tony Stark threw a thing, right? <laughs> right. I mean, anyway, uh, so the Arthur Curry thing was interesting to show that he was coming on land and getting surly. Mm-hmm. And in uh, you know the drink, the drinking and aggressive and sort of wild Arthur Curry is an interesting approach. I like it, and everything about uh, Momoa as Aquaman from those clips to all of the promo stuff to even just looking at talk, him talking interviews has <laughs> right. said this is going to be the best thing in the history of anything. And then in that giant promo shot of everybody standing around, mm-hmm. they put him in clothes they put him in green and yellow yeah, it's interesting like, like uh scale mail kind of stuff mail or scale mail yeah yeah what? yeah well oh, bare-chested promo with the strappy straps and the tattoos and <laughs> that was all you needed right right talk about repeat but repeat ticket purchases from certain contingent right and then 
And then they ca- and then they shove them in a bunch of, in a in a in a scale mill costume, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, I really I mean maybe it's like fish scales, but any Don't kind care. of metal armor period seems really counterintuitive when swimming. <laughs> it does, and also, why do you why do you hire a sizzle chest if you're not going to show the sizzle chest? Right, like like you know think of how much better Man of Steel would have been as if he, if he was just running around like. Like he was on the oil p- platform, just that yeah. way, the whole time, yeah. with a beard and a and his giant torso. It does look like they've given him some control over the ocean, beyond just talking to fish. <laughs> that was a great one. <laughs> I like that his eyes are uh, super dilated when he's yeah, on. Yeah, me too. Um, this 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 single shot of him standing on a rock and that huge wave crashing around him and him not moving was really really good. Yeah. Um, and of course that thing about one woman saying, is he, is he on board? Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. not really on board. Um, so let's see what else cyborg. Eh, he looks I, like I a like the 80s character. toy. He does, but I don't like the character. I never have. I've, I've said that before. Mm-hmm. However, I never imagined of all the iterations of him that I thought they were going to do that would bore me. I never imagined a highly faceted design yeah. And with a gaping, glowing chasm in his chest. So that stuff is cool. I, I'm it is interesting. Because it's different than I thought it would be. Yeah. It's still, you know, it's still a, a ripoff of Arnold with half his skin removed in Terminator. Mm-hmm. It's all it ever was. But, uh, you know, anyway. Well, and the, the thing, the I, I could not unsee Rock Lords. When I saw that, the, the one chrome rock lord from back in the 80s where the, the, the rock turns into a robot and he has all that chromed up faceted like angles to it. Thanks for that. When we're done with this recording, I want you to go lay in your bed, fire up your phone, and go look at that crash proof human for a while as a penalty. For bringing up rock lords because you just ruined that for me, didn't you? <laughs> Every Never time you see that up. now, it's going to be oh, Nugget yeah. of the Rock Lords. I think it was Nugget was the Chrome one. <laughs> <laughs> Anthracite arts all over. <laughs> right. Okay. So okay. So Flash, dude. dude. Yes. I, I liked him. I wasn't sure about that guy cast as Flash until this little sequence and mm-hmm. i was immediately obsessed with him yeah yeah i liked him a lot actually i i have not seen the tv show at all i've not seen a single episode of it he's interesting he's a compelling actor in the show mm-hmm. but he's a calm guy and i really like that this guy seems like he's doing a lot of work to stay not in the speed force like mm-hmm. he's like his brain's all scrambled from thinking at hyperspeed or whatever it is his deal is right uh, i like that he's he seems like it really does seem like he's barely there. Like, you know, like yeah. he's hyperspeed. Yeah, which right? is, it did remind me a lot of um, Quicksilver in the X-Men movies as well, which it's, it's logical for them to have kind of the same aspects anyway, but I'm down like, with him. I like him. <laughs> I like that his armor is... Um, I like that his armor is uh, is composited, like they had described, right? Yeah, they had described in some of the the early descriptions from that little London visit that it was piecemeal and it was based on like you know te- tech that he was experimenting with. Right, I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that too. 
So that was a real standout to me in terms of the cast. That was the one that was most interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way they handle also the throwing of the battering and him, him stopping, not only not being hit by it, but actually walking over. It was very Quicksilver, right? Going yeah. over and looking at it, looking at him, looking at it. Um, what, what he didn't do was react at all like Bruce Wayne's Batman. You know? <laughs> right. Like, did he have 20 minutes of thinking about it and coming to terms with it? And, yeah, I, and that, I, was, I, that was in a split second. <laughs> I do have to question that part where he was like, I'm Bruce Wayne. And then he's like, also, I'm Batman, because I'm the world's greatest detective, but I'm not so good with secrets. <laughs> I know, that was a little bit weird. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, the who are we forgetting? Are you forgetting anybody? I don't know that we are, actually. Saw some Wonder Woman stuff. And so anyway, yeah, the tone is very different. It felt a lot like they were trying to capture the Marvel style of, of uh, you know, just... Wasn't that the one? Was that the trail? The footage also that they they put to Icky Thump as well. Yes, which was odd. That helped a lot too, right? That basically yeah. conditioned you into thinking it was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then what else? We also got the uh, the Wonder Woman stuff, the new Wonder Woman trailer. Yeah, which was and pretty excellent. It was excellent. It was consistent with what you hoped for. Yes, it was um, pretty much exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so interestingly, they're definitely going with the the thing that she has not seen a man before. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and that's fine. I think that they seem to be they seem to capture the uh, we're just killing each other on Messenger right now. Just <laughs> <laughs> you, gave, you gave me the, you gave me rubble or whatever he is the the chrome rock guy. It I gave is you the nuggets crash from Rock Lords, and, and then you just gave me and then you just. Gave me the human Lego with the <laughs> mutated hands. Oh, oh, oh god, that guy's horrible. The fingernails are horrific. Uh, are there? Oh, there are fingernails. Oh, yeah, so there's hard. fingernails, dude. Oh, Giant gosh. fingernails. That is uh, the tested crew. Adam Savage's online buddies. They do costumes every year, and this year for San Diego Comic Con, one of them uh, went as a meat version of a Lego minifigure. And like they're the the eyes are all sculpted in and the mouth and the ears are tucked back. But the hands terrify me. They're just two giant fingers on either side. It's those giant fingernails, man. That's oh, it's horrific. Uh Wonder Woman, dude, which is the exact opposite of that. Um she looks <laughs> amazing. Yes definitely, she does. Uh, definitely a blue or blue. More, more vibrant costume mm-hmm. and different sword and shield. Thing. I, I adore yeah. her, her costume, though. I think it's really nice. The color is sharper and, like, the shield looks so good. Yeah. And the lasso. Dude, oh, the, man. what I loved about it was we had a little chunk of, of uh, I mean, as much as we want to get away from Snyder, there's a little mm-hmm. chunk of of uh of, of snyder-esque combat there with the uh yeah with the slow-mo and everything else but look at all that cool stuff she's sliding on her knee and shin guards yeah right she slid on the shield she used the lasso as a, in, a, in an offensive weapon way mm. i mean everything about what she was doing was like really interesting combat busted a gun across her back that was yeah. so awesome I, yeah right, and then how about that? Um, and how about that scene where she goes into the ball or whatever, and she has the, um, and she has the sword in her in her dress, which must have been uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, I can't imagine that that was really that subtle, but 
What holds it in place, yeah, I wonder? People are like, um, you seem to have something <laughs> sticking out from between your butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, So anyway, I, I, it seems like he's luring... Um, like she's coming out into World War One to try to make a difference, and mm-hmm. then she sees maybe maybe Brian Cox is like Ares. Uh, I I don't know, I don't know, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I'm really quite excited about that movie. It might be the trailer I enjoyed the most. I know I've watched it yeah. at least four times now, and I just I thought it was really really good. Yeah, uh, and uh, they they showed hardly anything of the other. Amazons that have been cast. Yeah, which bummed me out because I really want to see Buttercup kicking some ass. Buttercup. <laughs> it's funny that you say that as someone who hasn't watched House of Cards. I understand why you would go there, but she's <laughs> she's redefined her her career now in a completely different way after House of Cards, and so that's who I see. She'll always be Buttercup to me. So uh, what else? What else from DC? They had some more Suicide Squad business, but. I'm on blackout on that. I'm really trying not I, to. I, you know, that trailer was really weak compared to the previous ones, in my opinion. I didn't even watch it. Yet. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's, it's not worth watching. It's it's really unnecessary at this point. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Like like anything they show from here on out is either going to be repeats or spoilers. So it's like screw it. Let's just spoilers. go watch the movie. Stuff at the end, right? Yeah, right. Um. Uh, so there are two fan theories that were supposedly debunked at comic-con which doesn't mean anything okay doesn't mean that re- doesn't mean that it's truly debunked they just said it wasn't the case one was that uh joker is is actually jason todd in suicide squad that 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 the film the film hmm. version of joker is that he is jason todd really and I thought that was a one. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I hadn't either. <laughs> and then, and then, and then after I read that, I thought, well, that's a really good idea. <laughs> so, yeah, that's really interesting. So they debunked that, supposedly. Yeah, and then, uh, and then the other one was that um, the Star Wars panel they supposedly debunked that Han Solo, young Han Solo, will be revealed in um, in Rogue One. I'm actually so. really okay with that. Me too. I don't want even. I don't even want Vader in it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm okay with Vader. It doesn't bother me, but we don't need young Han Solo. It doesn't make any sense from a time standpoint for young it Han Solo to be in it. That's true because he ages. He'll, he'll age ten years in in a minute. But on the other hand, uh, it doesn't. Darth Vader being in it doesn't annoy me as much as uh, whomever he is, non Thrawn commander having black pants with his otherwise white ensemble. That really annoys me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just feel like it didn't need Vader at all. Or if they were going to have Vader, let him be the, the third act reveal where he's like, you know. I'm hoping he's you know. just kind of a background thing. Where well, they've said just... that he's not in it very much, but I yeah. just they haven't even said it. It's sort of like showing Spider-Man in those Civil War trailers. I agree. Why did you have to do that? Yeah. Why? Why, Marvel? Why? Why did you have to do that to me? Why? Why? Um, something something else I thought of the other day. Uh, so in Civil War, and granted I only saw it the one time, but the real the real thrill to me when Spider Man showed up was that granted he had the element of surprise, but he completely owned Captain America, mm-hmm. and then he held his own against multiple people with much more experience than him, just bouncing all over the place, just kicking ass. Yeah, and and he really only got um, 
he only got smacked around when he stopped to wide-eyed check out something. Right. <laughs> right. So it's going to be really hard to imagine him being challenged in his solo film. I agree. Yeah. So that's going to be an interesting problem that they have to that they have to balance is how, how are they going to make it so that he is unless they go back in time how are right. they going to make it so that he is uh um that he's really you know sort of like the the superman problem how do you make superman um compelling mm-hmm. when facing a, a foe that doesn't seem like they would really pose a threat to him right neck twist <laughs> so. hey there standard nerds if you enjoy listening to Robot Kraken, please consider giving us a review and rating on iTunes and sharing the show on social media. Every little bit helps to spread the Kraken's tentacles far and wide. Also, if you'd like to comment, complain, or compliment us on anything, send us an email at salty at robot-kraken.com. We are always looking for ways to improve, and we'll read your input on the show. If you'd like to reach us individually, you can certainly do that as well. Tom can be emailed at Tom, that's T-H-O-M, at thirdraildesignlab.com, or at T-R-D-L on Twitter. And my email address is deeplydapper at gmail.com, or at deeplydapper on most social media sites. You can also find links to the rest of our locations, Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook, and the rest, on robot-kraken.com, your home for nerdy news, art, and updates. Now back to appeasing the beast. Any other uh, Comic-Con stuff you want to talk about? Uh, The only other one that I can think of that we should discuss is King Arthur. Oh, yes. Because I'm excited about King Arthur. Dude, so I was tripping out that i mean i saw the early i okay so first of all i will admit i'm getting a little bit of a lady hawk vibe a little bit because yeah because it has that feeling of like it wants to be earnest and oh god this will not stop this, this thread that we have going <laughs> for we the listeners at home we are sending each other terrible photos on facebook messenger while we're talking and it's i just always- sent him a close-up of the real life lego human hand thing it has a sculpted fingerprint on the giant it hand it's really terrifically nice. horrible i did i didn't i did meet your uh i did meet your human your human lego head and raise you those Horrible Trade Federation. Yes, uh, you did. Yeah, Japanese analogs or whatever from, from uh, episode one. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Uh, usually, we we're we're trading delightful imagery on Facebook. Yeah, messages. usually it's, it's like really... Emma Stone in pinup form or something. Yeah. But or or yeah. animated gifts of her being coquettish. Right. Um, anyway, or science stuff. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Planets so Lady Hawk. The Lady Hawk. <laughs> yes, Lady Hawk problem on Arthur is that. I want it to be a my brain wants it to be an earnest, like totally legit mm-hmm. looking uh, costuming. And right. maybe it is because, you know, I the more I've read as a as a as an older guy and not my college uh, history studies, you know, I've read later on a lot of stuff that suggested that many of the tropes that we're used to seeing are not as not as the well see. So and, it's possible that it's dra- that drab is consistent with some reality right. that, r- that rough era. However, it it has the Lady Hawk problem to me of like, you know, there's something that's jarringly out of place besides the music. Mm-hmm. You can't get around. And the Lady Hawk for me, it was the it was the highly chromed chainmail. Okay. And and then here it's that his some of his clothes, some of the clothing looks so contemporary. Like it, half the time it looks like he's running around in, in like cargo pants and a, and a jacket see his clothes didn't bother me nearly as much as his bed bothered me 
his bed was like the nicest, like mm. like clean linen stuff I've ever seen anyone in a medieval film sleeping on. It's there will be a lot of comments odd. about his bed, I'm sure. Yes. But I, I don't know. His outfit didn't really bother me that much. The funny thing is I had my wife watch this. Yes. She's a huge, huge King Arthur fantasy fairy tale fan. She yes. despised the Clive Owen King Arthur. Uh-huh. And the thing that she really hated about it is that they removed any trace of magic from it. Interesting, yeah. And yeah. this one has very clear magic in it and yes. so she's already she's like okay i'm okay with this because it has magic and walked out and i'm like what wait it's got parkour <laughs> <laughs> but i think the the, the the weird contemporary muted contemporary costumes mm-hmm. combined with the grayness and the muted uh setting would have been a lot more um troublesome for me if i hadn't watched six seasons of game of thrones where there are a lot of I mean, as much as some of the really elaborate costumes were amazing, there's a lot of sort of street level people wearing very muted, very utilitarian clothing um, in in a drab environment that I got used to that. I Mm -hmm. I just I don't know yet. Something something about the cut or the tailoring of it looked very contemporary. That said, that said, the biggest thing you get out of it is that's Guy Ritchie doing a King Arthur. (laughs) Oh, yeah, without question. And Love that or you don't love that. Yeah, I'm 100% sold on it. I like the idea that they took him and made him into kind of a street urchin that happened to be super charismatic and lead a group of street urchins who gets thrust into something larger. It's got Jude Law. It's got got Littlefinger. I mean, you can't really go wrong with the cast. Well, and then... uh... Uh, the other thing is I thought – so I thought that it had – there were some things about it that I questioned. But for the most part, I was still you know, super super into it because I like Guy Ritchie stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't really care. It's sort of like – it reminds me a lot of what he did with Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes is very uh, design-wise, looks very consistent with the period. Like it looks right. really good. And then it has a Guy Ritchie veneer on it where they're doing all that stuff. Right. This – the costuming seemed a little off. But it definitely has that Guy Ritchie look. There's no question that mm-hmm. you're watching a Guy Ritchie film. So I thought, well, at the very least, that's going to be good, right? right? And then I read that the the, the response to it at Comic Con was the, like, it was the talk of the show. Mm-hmm. That it was like the worst bucket of shit ever. Just so and weird. I was really stunned by that. You know, to a certain extent, I don't find releasing that show at Comic Con was necessarily no. a smart move. No. no. I mean, it's. It's the type of, like, crazy, stylized, fun movie that people are going to enjoy. But debuting it at literally things like that wouldn't have happened in this time frame. In that world of Comic-Con is a very bad idea. Did you, um, sort of on the subject of interesting uh, costuming that may or may not have been period appropriate, did you watch the John Malkovich Black Blackbeard series that was on no, for a I've while. I've heard it's interesting, but I haven't seen it. I was totally in, and then they, and then it, it died on the vine. You know, it's like six mm-hmm. episodes in or whatever. But John Malkovich's Blackbeard was so random. <laughs> he was playing in like it was like the the legend of Blackbeard was larger than life. Never really was, but was also when he was younger, and now he was like an older sort of retired. Hmm. He's still he was almost kind of like a apocalypse now sort of, uh, uh, you know. Like kind of living in the kind of crazy shaved head, living in 
living living in the in the thick of it interesting kind of character but what was really trippy about it was that a lot of time he was wandering around in a like a a sleeping gown <laughs> which was probably it had to have been a period thing mm-hmm. but i'd never seen anything like it he's doing these scenes and he's wearing like it looks like he's wearing like a like a sleeping coat or something how odd like like, like uh like Peter Pan's going to show up and they're all going to fly out the window. Right. You know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. It's like a dress. And I was like, what is going on? But huh. he was so, he was, so, I mean, it was so invested. It didn't happen once. It happened a lot. <laughs> and uh, I just thought huh. it was hilarious. Yeah, that is really odd. Go seek out the hundreds of thousands of animated gifts of John Malkovich in the dress. that <laughs> must be out there. Malkovich in a dress is not going to narrow it down necessarily. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Uh, What's your favorite role that he's ever had? Oh, shit. Um, I need to summon the Umdaba. Because I know there's there's one in particular that I really enjoyed him in. But I'll be damned if I can think of what it was now. John Malkovich. He was really good in Burn After Reading, actually. I enjoyed that. He was. Um, actually... Thinking about him being uh, attempted to them attempting to extort him, the security of your shit. That whole scene, <laughs> I, right. like I pulled it up just to use it on on whatever whatever reason I needed it, and then uh, and then that led me to go get it from Net- Netflix again because I have to watch it <laughs> now immediately. I don't see the whole movie. Nice. Anyway, go on. So. Oh, Shadow of the Vampire. Duh. Oh, yeah. I don't know why it took me that long to remember that. He's really good in, like, Con Air, and I liked him in, you know, being John Malkovich, obviously. Sure. And um, Shelby to the boudoir. <laughs> I liked him in Red. <laughs> that's Red that's a lot, the, too. But once he did Red, that, re, that sort of refocused him to me. Yeah. Uh, as far as a role that I would always think of. And so like that one put him on Christopher Walken level weirdness. To me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, 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 I cannot talk anymore tonight. My brain is starting to short, but he was just so amazing in shadow of the vampire and he had such humor and he, I don't know. He was just really, really great in that. But, yeah, I, I liked him in Red a lot, too. I haven't seen Red 2. Have you seen it? No. Yes. Weird. No, no. I, I feel like you should have. I feel like maybe I saw it, maybe another one of these, like, Singapore 18 rums and mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I, I, if I saw it, I can't remember it. I feel like <laughs> I did because I feel like I remember her coming back. I don't know. Forget it. I did or I didn't. <laughs> if I didn't, if I did, I need to see it again. Excellent. I did or I didn't. That's my answer. So, okay. So I think we covered Comic-Con as much as we can for not having been there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, um, yeah, according to my little typed up list here, I have nothing else of interest. Oh, wait, that's actually not true. Um, we glossed over two tiny little Marvel points. Okay. Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah. On S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Which I'm still on season one. (laughs) <laughs> Unfortunately, you need to get to uh, you need to get to Winter Soldier, and then it gets good. But but interesting choice, interesting, mm-hmm. and also kind of cool that Marvel is continuing to let them use not insignificant characters. Yeah, yeah. On that show, um, they're using a version of Ghost Rider that's a very contemporary one, which mm-hmm. I've never actually seen in the comics. I've only read about him. Right. 
but he's like a, like a Mexican dude or something, and he's got a disabled brother or friend that he's protecting. And oh, he's really? A, and instead of a motorcycle, he drives a um, Challenger or whatever the hell it is. Really? Uh, a, char- a Charger or something, some big muscle Weird. car. And that's what they're doing because they unveiled the car. And it's just like, you know, your big black death machine. And um, uh, and <laughs> it's, Diego Lu- it's Diego Luna, right, who's playing? Am I wrong? No. Uh, no. Uh, Gabriel Luna. That's Gabriel Luna. Who I yes. It was so close. So you were he's really close, played, actually. He's being played by Gabriel Luna. Gabriel Luna. And uh, I think that's an interesting choice as well. I'm excited about it. And also just because it's another direction for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show to go mm. that I wasn't expecting and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I actually like the idea of him as Ghost Rider. That's actually pretty good casting for me. I like that. I don't think there will be any pissing fire in this. Probably the, not. Yeah. Yeah, what sadly. Was other, uh, what was the other bit of news that you uh, They also, in Mar- more Marvel news, there was shit on the Marvel stuff. Uh, Legion. Oh, yeah. So, dude, we were hating on that, right? Or is it just me that was hating I on was that? concerned about the idea of it. <laughs> a, a story about the worst mutant character ever. Right. Drawn in the weirdest way, but now adapted for television on a network that is notoriously fickle and not reliable about mm-hmm. giving weird programs a chance to grow. Depending on the program, though, because there's there's a few things that FX has done that has been, like, long-running that you wouldn't expect to. That's true. That's true. But also, not in it's mutants, it's X-Men, but it's not in continuity with anything else. Right. Everything about it sounded terrible. And then they show that trailer, and you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah, like... It looked good. It really does. The casting's amazing in it. And, you know, like, like FX has done some really quirky shit. Like, they've got American Horror Story. They're the ones that do Fargo, uh, Sons of Anarchy, um, Always Sunny, That's The like, yeah. Shield, <laughs> The Strain. And so they, they have a history of having these super weird shows. I hope this will be one of them that lasts more than a season. Well, okay, yeah. I hope it's good. And it lasts more than a season. I can't necessarily guarantee that, but it looks interesting. I love the cast. I only knew Dave Stevens from uh, Downton Abbey. Right. Where he's playing a very reserved, you know, obviously it's a period thing and he's a very reserved, uh, you know, guy, very British. And then, you know, he left that show in the way David Caruso left uh, NYPD Blue, right? Just like <laughs> right. famously, like, dropped it in the middle of its it's it's high point to go have a career doing something else and he went right. and did some stage production that looked awkward yeah and then he took this this role and i'm like wait what and uh i thought there's no way that's gonna be good and he him playing a like a yeah. crazy guy with mind powers well he really sells the hell out of it and that really it does looks, it looks really trippy yeah and, uh, and the supporting cast is really strong too aubrey plaza makes mm-hmm. anything better of right. course, yes. Um, so, yeah, that's exciting. I, t- I completely switch flipped on that one. Yeah, me too. That trailer completely turned me around on that. And not just uh, because it had a musical number. Uh, though yes. that does often shift my my meter towards the positive. <laughs> it, did, it didn't save uh, Agent Carter, but it damn near should have. That's what I've heard. I still haven't seen one that. One of the last episodes of Agent Carter, she did a song and dance number, which was amazing. That's excellent. There's fedoras flying around, and nice. um, 
Okay, we we didn't talk about Black Panther. Was there anything about Black Panther? Yes, they brought the cast on stage and confirmed that Michael B. Jordan was playing the villain and that he's going to be Eric Killraven. Killmonger? Killmonger. Killmonger. But I, I don't have a clue who that character is. I've never read anything. I don't any care. Pink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. He In the comics, he was like wearing a white a white bodysuit with feathers on it or some shit. But, right. Or fur. But, but uh, yeah, just inverse <laughs> Black Panther, right? Right. White Panther. But <laughs> I like that he's playing a villain. Mm-hmm. And I like he's really getting a chance to have a showcase moment in a Marvel story. Right. Uh, in a way that's, I mean, you know, because I think, I actually think he could do a really good job. He just has to have the right material, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. Anyway, and, and also just, I had that moment. I was looking at some of the photos and, and I watched a few video clips of their, of them uh, talking on stage. And I just thought to myself that I liked that we were at a time when Marvel had a, um, had a presentation at a Comic-Con about a largely African-American or I should just say straight up black because it's actors from all over the world. Right, right. Um, a helmed, a black helmed, um, largely diverse cast, um, incredibly focused in, on, and uh, an interesting storyline mm-hmm. with, a, with a huge range of sort of pantheon level stuff going on i mean you know he's right. royal and it's a scientist and he's a you know warrior and all this other stuff i mean there's so much black panther mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we talked about it before a little bit sometimes they're reaching him maybe and making him a, like awesome at everything right but 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 they but once civil war came out we saw what version of black panther we got and it was a very compelling one well and you so, throw in denai gorira and lupita nyongo yeah. and andy circus is apparently in it claw might get his claw yeah i'm kind of okay with that actually yeah it's interesting it was that and and then there they had another shot from chris hardwick's thing and he had all the marvel people up on stage Mm. and the number of women was close to the same as the number of men on stage Yeah, i think that's great so between the diversity in in color for the for the leads to the fact that there's a lot of of uh, gender representation that is more than just the male power fantasy superhero Mm -hmm. female possibly oh a lot of androgyny in the doctor strange right i don't know i just think it's really neat yeah me too it's a neat time to be a marvel fan watching movies if you're fairly progressive i guess yeah maybe not (laughs) (laughs) very true don't listen to this all right well that was our san diego comic-con coverage now you don't have to have had read anything about it um Hey, you ago. can you can use that time machine you built to do something more important. Yes, like bring back Crystal Pepsi or something. Hey, <laughs> speaking of time machines, some eagle-eyed fan freeze-framed a shot from Justice League footage and discovered that on a screen or an image or something in in uh, Barry Allen's, you had the Rick and Morty in the background. Rick and Morty's thing freeze-framed which i mm-hmm. thought was great instant cred. i still haven't seen that i've only seen you know five or so and it's it blows my mind it's so good yeah it's <laughs> supposed to be amazing yeah it's it's as weird as that pickle and pickle and peanut that i turned you on to in a, in a, in a, <laughs> a fucking in a pickle and car crash car, cat, car crash proof <laughs> human way but better uh, okay, so uh, what do you do? You have any planned plundering for the rest planned of this week, or plundering. is it just surviving your con? I am literally just preparing for my con. I have 
over 200 flasks to finish making. I have to go pick up art. I have to go get my car's oil changed. We have to take the cat to the vet. Um, I'm literally just like between now and when I leave Monday morning, I'm just con, 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 con the entire time. It's insane. Don't get screwed up in uh and uh, have your cat's oil changed and take your car to the vet because that would be confusing. <laughs> that would be unfortunate. You'd be in the Pocatello Press or whatever it is, yeah. local local news blog. I'd be driving to Vegas and and people would go past and be like, my God, that car's teeth are so clean. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been furiously trying to – well, so I decided I really wanted to catch up on real books. So I reorganized my stack of books. Outrageous. And, did and you I end pulled. up returning your Princess Leia one you didn't like? I did. I couldn't get past it. I just couldn't get past the um, the first few chapters. And then I read a bunch of stuff online where people are saying how great it was. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but there's some stuff, um, the Aftermath uh, books apparently that I had read originally were not good. Mm-hmm. Apparently are better. So I don't know. I don't know what's happening with that. However, um, I, have the, I have the latest two, Neil Stevenson and... Um, the latest William Gibson book, none of which I've read, which is shocking. I've had it this whole time and I've never gotten to it. I'm still only halfway through Anathema from <laughs> Stevenson, which was, you know, at this point, I don't know, mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Uh, so I thought I really need to start reading these books again. And so, of right course, on. what I did was, but first I have to get caught up on comics. And so I've been furiously <laughs> reading Marvel <laughs> Unlimited and I'm... I'm I'm in summer of 2013 now, man. So I'm really flying. Um, but uh, so what am I looking forward to? Okay, so I've been ca- I'm caught up on Preacher, and now I'm royally pissed because it's it's not a binge show. They're releasing them one right, you know, one and on what makes it worse, and completely irrationally, AMC is not showing the current show on streaming. Really, you have to wait a week or something or several days before the current uh, show. That's kind of all bullshit. they show is. But all they show is extras. It's so weird. Not preview. The extras content for the new show. That's ridiculously like behind stupid. scenes, making of, deleted scenes, but not the actual show. And then days later, the actual show's on. Are you serious? Is, that's that's ridiculous. And we're not talking about Hulu or anything. This is their own dedicated um, app and channel. Like, For people that have to verify that they have the rights to watch it with their cable thing. It's not and like in, it's just the freebie shit. That's That's stupid. And in my market, my cable provider, Comcast, mm-hmm. did not pay for the licensing or whatever to allow AMC's w- app to work. So if I try to sign into the AMC app on the Apple TV, it says you're not authorized to view this content. It's not available from your provider or suck it. So then I, I had to find a hack online about how you can trick that activation into working. Right. And then every whatever, every other time that I log in, it's broken again and I have to go through this whole thing. <sighs> That's ridiculous, dude. Only to only to sit there and be like, no, no. But so, but here's the thing. I'm I'm as current as I can be, and it's so damn good hmm. that it's killing me that it's not on. Do you remember how we used to love Carnival? It's gotten, didn't we? You liked it too. Oh right? yeah, Carnival. yeah, I love Carnival. Yeah, we used to joke about that all the time, right? Yeah. God, God damn yuck. So, uh, it even has a Carnival actor in it. So it's just it's it feels like a spiritual sequel to that show, but even better. Um. It's been amazing, and I still cannot believe what they're getting away with and how, even though it's different than the comic, how true it is to the spirit of it. I love what they've done with Preacher. That's so, really cool, actually. I'm looking, looking forward to that. I want to see that. Um, I want to see that more episodes of that. 
also, uh, I'm still working my way through the first season of Peaky Blinders, and I have two seasons to go on that, and I love it. Um, and I noticed that the female, there's a female lead character in the first season, which I did a look up to find her name on Imdaba and discovered she's in seven episodes or something. Oh, really? She's not long for the show, which is, does not bode well for her character. Kind of a <laughs> But I thought, God, this is an actress that I've seen before. She's mesmerizing. And then I looked her, her her history up, never seen her before. And then she just surfaced as the female lead against Tom Cruise in The Mummy. Not oh, the right, mummy, right. But as, the, as his, you know, as the, as yeah. the female protagonist. Which I hadn't so, realized anyway. that the female, pro, uh, the, the mummy itself was the lady from the new Star Trek Beyond movie. That's right. And, and I know her most from uh, Kingsman. Oh, yeah. I liked her in that. Their little blades. Yeah, um, yeah, the blades were goofy, but I liked her. I thought it was cool. It was a cool concept. Um, it was just not very realistic. They had originally, but originally they had uh, apparently had signed um, an athlete, a female athlete that I don't remember the name of that actually was one of the runners or, you know, competes with those mm-hmm. blades, kind of like a Pistorius style. And they cast her in the role, but then there was some sort of conflict with her Olympic training. And so then they had to, um, go a different direction and then they took the actress. So that would have been particularly vivid because it wouldn't have been any special effects. I mean, right. Wire work and stuff, but you know, Hmm. they wouldn't be doing digital editing of below the knee stuff. Hmm. Um, anyway, so that's that. Right. I also have, I have half of a Kylo Ren shuttle to build (laughs) out of Lego. Had you, yeah, uh, you did not watch The Killing Joke? Ooh, that's a that's a Comic-Con thing we didn't talk about. Yeah. I have not watched it. I will not watch it. It's terrible. Did you watch it? I did. Now, did you find it as controversial as they said? Because it sounded to me like it just wasn't good. Not so much as the controversy. Okay, first off, the animation was shitty. How is it that they didn't just do Killing this Joke This is a animation? $3.5 million movie. And Batgirl's eyes changed colors at least six times during it. <laughs> but it doesn't even look like the style it of the book. It doesn't, and it also doesn't look like the animated style. And it, there are literally scenes where there are three different characters drawn with three different style sheets. They look terrible. Did you see that thing that someone did online where they actually tweaked it? They like, yeah. it. They did it like the comic style. And... uh I don't remember. Was it Boland who did the interior art? Boland, yeah. It the, yeah. yeah. And it was um, some of his best stuff, too. It's amazing. Uh, from what I heard about that, it's 60 minutes of, well, this is an adult content. we got to make it adult. Uh that girl background with all of the controversial sort of... You know, the problem with, the problem <laughs> with what they did was they spent the first half of the movie... Focusing on trying to make Batgirl relevant to people that didn't know who Batgirl was, but they did it via making her... Batgirl's always had two characters in her life, two adult male figures. She's had Batman and her father, Commissioner Gordon, and both of them have always been father figures. It's just that one of them is the vigilante that does the things she wants to do, and the other is the upright, straight, and true gentlemen and the the thing about the killing joke the whole point of the fucking killing joke is that gordon doesn't break and he wants batman to take him out by the book he wants to show him that not everyone breaks under those circumstances 
And instead, they spent the first half of the movie having Barbara Gordon have this weird crush on Batman, have sex with him on the roof under a gargoyle. Yeah. And act like a dumb little teenage girl. Whereas if they'd been smart, they would have spent the first half of the movie showing how strong her relationship was with her father. So that when it happens to her, it makes his breakdown and his part of the killing joke so much more powerful. And instead they'd blow that off entirely. That's a really interesting point. Um, I know that the controversy about her hooking up with Batman was the thing that everybody reacted about. But mm-hmm. what I also was that the you know from a production standpoint they spent the first third of the movie or 60 minutes of the movie rather uh whatever it is building up batgirl so that you have mm-hmm. context if you've never read a comic or something right and then right. and then they just like line for line just do killing joke yeah killing joke is almost like word for word and it's pretty good i think what the problem was was they started looking at it and they're like uh this is going to be like a 30 minute show and we can't yeah, possibly right. make a big deal about this it's not a long book it's the not original material is not long um, it was it was long in in uh, in its impact, but mm-hmm. not in its actual reading time. They added a musical number for the Joker and his freaks. Oh, brother! That's terrible. Um, and the voice acting, I mean, it's Conroy and Hamill, but both yeah. of them are older. They haven't done it for a while. They sound a little off. Interesting. But honestly, the, the the shitty animation is the worst part. It's so bad. I just can't believe how inconsistent the design work is. Huh. So, uh, you know, the thing about Batgirl is I've never been interested in the character and I don't understand. I like I like Barbara Gordon as Oracle. Mm-hmm. I like the concept of her that they retconned out when they did New 52, which was an outrage to me. Right. I like the idea that she would be, par- be paralyzed by the waist down and stay that way and mm-hmm. still be relevant. Yes. Um, however... Uh, the one project that really turned me on to that character was the Bat- Batgirl Year One book. That's so good. So you know, I if you're not going to make trade so much, if you're not going to just make that as a, as an animated film, then why wasn't that the intro? Right. If you built up Batgirl that way, sneaking out and being adventurous and doing yellow because fucking a, I yeah. want to be, I want to be seen, you know. Yeah. Um, and then have her taken out would have been more effective. Absolutely. It, we would have been complaining in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, instead they they created this stupid gangster that had an obsession with her. And, oh, right. yeah, it's, it's terrible. There were so many other better ways they could have done it. And having her have sex with Batman was stupid because she's always been a father figure to her, not a crush. And it seems there, like Rule 34 to me. Yeah, it really is. And there were like three or four scenes where she's in the library talking to her gay friend about her yoga teacher that she has a crush on. And, I mean, just terrible stuff that makes no sense at all. It was just, it was written by Azarellos, the really weird thing. Oh, that's strange. You and the, the New 52 thing where they hooked up Superman and Wonder Woman felt mm-hmm. very Rule 34. Like It, it felt like such weird fan service. Yeah. Way that it wasn't like everybody wanted that to happen. It was like some people imagined that happening. Right. And then it did. That's what this hookup with Batman It really does. Like. Like, like Catwoman's the only one that kind of makes sense to me, and that's entirely because she's so aggressive. But for yeah. the most part, Batman's sex is catching criminals. Yeah. It's not having sex. That's His playboy... Point persona as bruce wayne is a front he doesn't 
yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And you know he that running, he's always running out of there drinking five hour energy and go whatever. It is right, right. I've got to run. <laughs> I catch criminals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I and you know, it it would have been watchable at least if the animation hadn't have been as bad as it was. I could not believe this was a three million dollar cartoon. Wow. <sighs> yeah. That is a bummer. In the in the preview that I saw for it, the trailer, what really threw me was, didn't they say, didn't they make a reference to, and I and the pronunciation is what killed me, Falcone? Uh, no. Falcone. Didn't they say that? They may have said it in the trailer, but the, the character in it, God, what is I know the other guy that's chasing name. her around is a new gangster, but I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a new gangster, a but his uncle is the the main gangster in this and he's not Falcone. No, 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 but the the reason I was bothered was that I thought that that, that name was always Falcone, not Falcone. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh I always assumed it was Falcone too. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the first time I've ever heard. I mean, certainly if it's Italian it's Falcone, not Falcone. Um Yeah, I would so... think so. Yeah. But, but I heard that in the trailer, and I was hmm. outraged. It immediately pulled me out. Before of any controversy, I said, no. <laughs> Banned. You made a wise choice, sir. Thanks, man. Because I I believe I gave it 1.5 stars on Deeply Dapper Dispatches. Well, it's been good talking to you, Chris. I'm glad we were able to yes. fit this in. It's unfortunate that we were only able to record two-thirds of what we were <laughs> talking about. Hey, I might be able to save the other part, but if nothing sure, else, they well. got the important part. They didn't hear us talking about special conventions and me wax and reading the description of my drink and stuff. But when we had all the time in the world, but, uh, you know, on the other hand, yeah, it's sort of like when you do an art project and you're not using save as very often, right? <laughs> you're generally not recoverable. Um, on so... the plus side. We did still manage to record an hour and a half of awesome, awesome news about San Diego Comic-Con. I think that's great. And you know what? Um, I think that was a damn good time. And I think it's time to put the Kraken back in. What is it? We need to, unre- we need to unrelease the Kraken. Because <laughs> the, the Kraken is no longer in the bottle. Yes. <laughs> There's no putting the Kraken back in the bottle, buddy. <laughs> All those tentacles are way too unwieldy to get down into that little neck. All right. Well, I wish you I wish you luck in this week-long Star Trek convention, which honestly sounds brutal. It really is. This may be the last year I do it. It's just going to be harsh. But hey, we have con news. We do, we have, actually. We have mutual con news. So we're going to yeah. do Rose City together. Yes. And then we're going to do, in October, we're going to do the Alternative Press Expo. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about in an earlier one, I got I got kicked out of the san francisco comic-con god right. damn yet however <laughs> as it, as you discovered there is a convention in sacramento yes. What is it called again it is called sinister something something sinister That's creature con the sinister creature con uh which though we swore we would never go back to sac um <laughs> right we're gonna, it sounds like we're gonna do it and it's we're gonna a, try we've applied but we haven't been yeah. confirmed okay. yet but we may be doing it, and it seems like its its main focus is going to be on uh, creature effects and horror movies and these things. And I think uh, the 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 the, cat, the guest list was great. It's like it half, really of, half of anybody that's ever been on Face Off, right? Yeah, <laughs> lots of and like Don Coscarelli's there. Um, yeah, the the guests are actually really great. Um, 
We've got Bill Bryan. He did all the, the, the puppeteering for Ghostbusters, and he did Chucky. Oh, that's going to be uh, Lori Pet fucking Tank Girl's there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, she's she's frankly in Sacramento anyway. Just, I don't know, whatever she's doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> they found out she's afterwards. A, they're like, oh, that wasn't actually Lori Petty. It was just a I was Sacramento. I someone at Denny's that they brought over. <laughs> But yeah, I'm when pretty. Did she lose all those teeth, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty excited about this one. I hope we get in. Um, if we can, it's going to be in Sacramento, October. What was it like, the fifteenth and sixteenth, or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So hopefully that could mean that we're going to do three this year together. Yeah. Cool. All right, cool. Well, I wish you luck and. Um... Sorry, too bad about the technical difficulties, but it sounds like we came back in a big way. We survived. <laughs> Have a good night, nothing, sir. Great. All right. We will but see you all next time. We don't have a catchphrase. No, we really we need to come up with something. We need an exiting catchphrase. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and on that note, you have a week of Star Trek conventioning to think about it. Okay, I'll think like about it. Sitting there peeling labels off flasks that you already <laughs> you had already labeled earlier. So, right. uh, picking it with your nail, thinking about catchphrases. Get back to me with one of those lists of 100 catchphrases, and then we'll vote on it. Okay. That sounds good. All right. (laughs) Have a good night, sir. Bye-bye. Bye.